All right. I think we're live now. Everybody, welcome to UPA podcast number three. Um, really excited. It seems like these are just clicking away now. Uh, real, I just want to tell everybody that's watching and listening, uh, we're going to have Apple podcast up pretty soon. Uh, it's just one of those things where we're doing this on our own time and uh, we're trying to get a lot of things done in our own work lives and stuff like that. So, but we're excited. We want to get that out to you guys as far as the Apple podcast, because that's something that um, you guys can listen to you guys and gals out there that can listen to us and listen to the guests that we have on. Um, we're the United Pool Association, and uh, this is our podcast. And we have members in um, five states, 1,800 members, uh, roughly, in five states, California, Arizona, Nevada, Texas, and Florida. Um, I actually run a chapter in uh, North Phoenix, Scottsdale, area, uh, Scottsdale Arizona, uh, Chapter 12. Um, been, uh, been actually in IPSA for a long time and came over to UPA uh, about a year ago, a little longer than that, and uh, just happy to do this. Um, Steve and I became good friends, and this is something that we uh, set out to do. And uh, we just want to let everybody know kind of what we're about why we're doing this. We want to bring people from every corner of the industry um, along each week and, you know, bring people on that actually are current, maybe doing something new, uh, whether they're with a vendor um, or they're repping a company or something like that. And they have a product, new product or a new chemical or something like that, that we can offer um, everyone out there kind of an inside look. Um, Steve Homer is my um, co-host. He's uh, in Newport Beach. I'll hand it over to him. Thank you, Joe. Uh, thank you for that good intro. I'm Steve Homer, Vice President of UPA. I've been in the business forever. I won't go through that every time. It gets a little monotonous. <laughs> but um, I want to thank Joe for all the work he does in this podcast. You know, uh, it, it's a time-consuming, and since he's uh, a lot younger and a lot sharper than I am. I don't know that I can do it. So I want to thank Joe. I probably really want to thank Joe's awesome wife, Sue. I mean, they, uh, they run two businesses. They got three kids and without Sue's support, I don't know that Joe would be able to do this stuff. So thank you to Sue. Now, given that we got one of my favorite people on today, we have the uh, UPA broker insurance broker on, uh, Sean Reardon. Sean, uh, came to us, you know, I, my daughter's cat's over there meowing. And the son of a bitch won't shut up. <laughs> but, this, is, this is eating time. <laughs> I guess so. I should have fed him. But uh, anyway, he'll have to live. Um, uh, anyway, Sean is our insurance broker. Uh, Sean came to us about uh, three years ago. We had a great guy who was our broker for probably 15 years, the, the great Ron Carlson. And he was uh, he had a stroke and went down, and we lost Ron, and we were – very, uh, you know, missed that guy terribly. But John came in into his shoes and took over and has done an outstanding job. I mean, I it, it, far beyond any any expectations we ever could have had. Sean has really done it. So, at any rate, good morning, Sean. Oh, thank you, Steve. No, thank you. And I, to warn your listeners, usually when somebody says that one of their favorite people and they mention the insurance broker. It's, uh... <laughs> yeah, I got a boring life, don't I? <laughs> no, but I appreciate it, Steve. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me, you guys. 
That's great. Well, we're going to, we're going to talk a little insurance today, but Sean has a great knack of making it interesting. Like a lot of guys can't. So, um, pretty much I think we're going to go over the basic idea of insurance and, and get stuff squared in people's heads on, um, on how insurance works and all that kind of stuff. So, uh, if you want to take it away, Sean, uh, give us kind of an overview, you know, what insurance is and why we need it and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of, insurance is one of these things that, you know, people don't like to think about it, but it's truly one of these things that's been around forever. I mean, you know, I guess we're all sort of, uh, born with, uh, 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 survival instinct. You know, people just want to avoid risk and, you know, it's happened, you know, the dawn of time, people don't want to starve. They don't want to, they don't want to lose their houses. And so, you know, in the early days, people created these sort of community, you know, arrangements where, you know, neighbors would help rebuild each other's houses, you know, really unsophisticated stuff. And really it all boiled down to people just want to protect their crap, you know, protect their stuff. Sure. And, uh, yeah. And you, you think about just over time, the, uh, I mean, everything has changed. I mean, everything's become more complicated. There's a bunch of stuff you got to worry about, you know, but even the, the simple times, you know, you think about, you know, even the, the basic way, the ancient times they used to handle this stuff. We still have that stuff happening now. You know, you think about a perfect example is our, our guys, you know, think about your chapters, you know, Joe, you know, those guys who have route coverage, you know, it's a, it's a perfect simplistic example of how people don't like risk and they try and spread it out. You know, and, you know, so you're covering guys in case they get sick. You know, it's a real sort of uh, unsophisticated way to do this. And nowadays, unfortunately, you know, you've got the advent of all the, you know, the litigious climate we're in. You've got just a bunch of different exposure, you know, cats biting you, you know, every, you know <laughs> yeah. lots, of things, lots of things that could come up that, uh, that it's, uh, it's really complicated everything. And so, you know, really, in the end, it boils down to people have stuff. People have worries. They want to protect it, you know. And so you have this uh, risk transfer mechanism where you basically buy an insurance policy to, to uh, basically transfer some of this stuff away. And, you know, the importance is pretty clear. You know, if you, you think about it, there's the obvious stuff. You know, there's, uh, 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 you know, just you're just legally compelled to do it. You know, think about your auto insurance. You know, you think about uh, uh, for those of us that have employees, you know, the workers' compensation system in place. You know, there's stuff that you just have to do it. Otherwise, you're going to get in trouble, you know. And now there's the, uh, the other stuff that you just got to gotta kind of think about. Everybody's lives are a little bit different. People have homes. Some people don't have homes. People have trucks. They have whatever the case. They got stuff, and they want to they wanna protect it. And so, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I guess I would argue that, unfortunately, some, we're sort of a society that I think is made up of a lot of people that make a lot of poor decisions. So, you know, there's, there's situations where, you know, people probably should insure a lot more than they probably do. Um, you know, there's a, a sliver of us that I think do a good job of that, but a lot of us need a little help, you know, and you think about it, the government tends to step in. I don't want to turn this into a political thing, but, you know, you've got <laughs> systems in place now that, you know, I mean, you know, think of, think of Social Security, you know, it's a perfect example. You know, we just don't save well. We don't do a lot well as a society. And so government steps in and says, you've got to do this. And, you know, you got to, you know, so they come up with their own insurance mechanism to protect us as a whole. But the reality is, is we're all grown adults, especially, you know, I, I've been really impressed with the group that we've got at the UPA in the sense that, you know, these are people who 90, you know, don't quote me, 95 percent of them, sole proprietors, you know, thinking about stuff, join this organization, recognize the fact that this this insurance is important. You know, there's, you know, one one accident is going to basically 
jeopardized my livelihood, jeopardized my family's livelihood. So it's a, it's a, I think an adult step to take that, you know, that, that I'm really, really impressed with the membership here. Cause I'll tell you, I've got other clients that, you know, you know, high revenue clients that, you know, are, are fighting a lot of times going, well, I don't know if I need to pay the, you know, the, the 0. 0.3, 0.2% of my revenue on this, which is a significant exposure to put their business out. You know, so, so we've got a very I think, sophisticated group, which I think is very impressive. So, yeah. yeah. Let me cut in real quick if it's okay. Um, no, I'm glad you mentioned a lot of this stuff and kind of brought insurance, the picture of insurance. That was really well said, um, by the way. Um, if there's any IPSA guys, listen, Sean is like our Ray Arusti. So just wanted to kind of, um, that's a level of kind of now it's not just some guy from our brokerage joining us for the day. You know, he's, the he's the guy. So, um, but I also wanted to say, you know, you touched on the fact that, um, you know, I started in teen, you know, I've had one of the things is you're always fear you always fear even having a claim as i've gotten older i'm just so much more happy that i have the insurance so um because i was always like oh my gosh if i have to file a claim i was so like worried about it but now it's and even to the young people out there that are listening to us um it's better than not having insurance you know it's like you know there's guys that you know try to like ride the you know, ride the dragon, if you will, and try to skate danger and, you know, oh, I don't need insurance. Well, you know, when the time comes when you do, you're going to be glad you had it. And maybe you paid nothing out of pocket because you had it. Um, you know, hopefully you don't lose your insurance because you ended up using it. But at the same time, as I've gotten older, I feel better about having it and just knowing that it's there. Um, I'm sure, Steve, you feel the same way, you know, and I think you did a great job of explaining that, Sean. So thanks. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny with insurance. Uh, guys do get a little afraid of having a claim and they get nervous about it. And you shouldn't be nervous about having a claim uh, because typically our claims are just, you you kind of screw up a little bit and you forget to do something or you, you just, it's a usually they're pretty minor uh, as far as the number of claims go. Of course, the worst claim is always leaving the water on. <laughs> All of us who throw the hose in because the customer's not keeping their water up and we're trying to help them, you know, that thing's going through an hour or two's worth of water, a running water a week, and we uh, put it in for 20 minutes thinking we're going to make a dent in it. 75% of our claims come out to be water claims. So that, it gets to be a little unforgivable to me, and I sure wish guys would just start putting that back on the homeowner. But uh, that said, uh, uh, using insurance is not that big a deal, um, and and that's what the insurance is there for. Now, if you're a complete idiot, you know, uh, yeah, we'll probably drop you. If you're out there doing acid washes and you, you mess up five acid washes, yeah, we're probably going to say, what are we doing with you? Because you're just going to run our premiums up and we're going to talk about getting rid of you. Um, but uh, other than that, most of this stuff is just common human mistakes. And that's what we buy insurance for. I, you know, I, I would say uh, it's, it's very rare. I mean, once a year, we end up with something that's uh, of, of significance. And Steve, you hit it on the head. I mean, it's, it's always the water, you know. But, uh, you know, it doesn't take a stretch of the imagination to kind of think about worst-case scenarios. You know, you've got, 
you know, we try to educate our guys to, you know, hey, if there's, you know, nets on the pool, you know, let's not mess with those, you know. And, there, I mean, you can, you know, it's, again, it doesn't take much of an imagination to realize there's certain things that can happen in this line of work that you just don't want to be responsible for. And, you know, I, it, you know so it, it's really a comforting idea knowing that you've got an insurance company behind you. And I, I, I think even with the small stuff, I mean, I can think of examples, you know, where, where uh, it's a really daunting experience when you get a letter in the mail, you're being sued, you know, even if it's something uh, that's, you know, relatively minor, you know, it may, you know, we had one recently that was a, a $7,000 claim and, and that, that, you know, the homeowner had a, you know, wild hair, you know, you know, a thorn and just, uh, you know, tried to sue the pool guy and, uh, you know, ended up, uh, you know, of course, the, and I, I mean, the natural reaction is, God, what, what's going on? I've got this attorney sending me, you know, and, and it, it's a really daunting experience. But the, uh, having the insurance company be able to, you know, who've got their attorneys on panel, who've got, you know, who can go through this process and really help you through it. It's a real, I don't know, in my mind, it's worth the 67 bucks a month to, uh, to have that in the background. And, you know, and Joe, I think, you, you know, I think you mentioned a little earlier, I mean, having the broker too also, you know, I mean, uh, help out in the sense of being able to walk people through this, I think is a, is a huge step as well. And it's just, it's just nice to have people on your bench is what it boils down to. And I, I've been in those situations. I had a landlord at one point when I was in college who, uh, who sued us, which was, you know, I mean, again, that, at that point it was like, Oh my Lord, what, what's happening here? You know? And you just, uh, it's a, it's, I can understand the panic, you know, but, uh, anyways, again, it's a, uh, it's a good, yeah. it's a good, good thing to have somebody on your bench though, in my opinion. So, yeah, and w with us, we have uh, a giant insurance company behind us. It's not just, uh, you know, Bob's Insurance from uh, Puerto Rico or something. But we have a giant, the world's largest uh, insurance carrier behind us. So that, for me, that's uh, extremely comforting. And and the funny thing about service people is a lot of service people have families. A lot of service people own property. Um, you've got to stabilize that with insurance. It's not enough to uh, earn wealth you got to retain it and you got to protect it. So insurance is a simple way. And like you say, Sean, the 67 bucks that we charge for $2 million worth of coverage is, uh, you, you, I don't know how you can do better than that. No, Plus I, I, the yeah. quality of our policy. Now, maybe we get into that a little bit about what our policy covers and, and, and the quality of it. I mean, it covers yeah. quite a broad range of stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, you know, I, I think it's kind of worth pointing out, you know, that, that there's a, uh, there's insurance policies out there for everything. And generally speaking, these are all kind of framed around the same format. So there's a, there's basically a, a policy out there that, you know, uh, are basically modified in fashions, you know, but it, it, you know, everybody's kind of starting from the base, the same base policy. And that's a problem for certain industries and companies that have sort of uh, exposures that are not normal. You know, in other words, we're not, we're not a group of uh, computer programmers, you know, we're not a, we're not a, group of uh, uh, 7-Eleven retail clerks, you know, it's, it, it, uh, you know, th this is stuff where, you know, we've got, we're dealing with chemicals, we're dealing with, uh, you know, huge over the road exposure, we've got, uh, we've got exposures that are not sort of typical to the, uh, to, to a lot of companies out there. And so uh, what that kind of results in is we've got to have a policy that is really tailored to what our guys do. And, um, you know, the, the reality is these policies are not easy to read. I've been in insurance for 20 years and I, I you know, it, it takes me a couple of times to sometimes go through this and go, am I reading this correctly? You know, and I've read these things thousands of times, you know, so, you know, that having somebody come in there, you know, just 
uh, you know, who's not even in the insurance world, reading this thing, trying to interpret what in the heck they've got here is a next to impossible feat. And uh, I mean, we've got attorneys that struggle with this, you know, so this is a, um, it's not a very simple process. And, um, you know, so part of you know, not to go way off on a tangent here, but I mean, part of the worth mentioning, I think, is, you know, insurance is basically, it's a contract, you know, you've got a contract between the insurance company and the buyer, you know, but the, the unique quality of this or the unique aspect of this contract is that you as the buyer have virtually no control of what you're getting there. I mean, it's basically the insurance company going, here it is. You have to buy what I'm giving you. So you're kind of forced. You don't really understand what you're buying. You're just trusting it's doing what you think it's going to do. So you pay the money. The insurance company takes your money and you're stuck with it. And now all of a sudden something happens and you know, the insurance company says, sorry, that's not covered because if you go to exclusion F here, you're going to see there's a pollution exclusion and you actually were out there dealing with chemicals that actually falls within this exclusion. So I'm sorry, we're barring coverage. And furthermore, we're not going to defend you in this lawsuit. Now you're put in a position. I didn't know there was an exclusion F. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't read 40 pages in. And so, you know, it, it, it so there's a, there's a, um, uh, a good faith uh, requirement these insurance companies have. And so we're in a unique situation here where, the insurance company, there's a uh, there's a, a uh, understanding legally that you know any sort of ambiguity is going to be on your favor, and furthermore, if there's ever any sort of incident that happens, you have a dispute with your insurance company. There's actually you know beyond just contract damages, you can sue for bad faith. You know, so insurance companies are painfully aware of this, um, but it does it goes back to the earlier point where it just you got it. You got to kind of know what you got, you know, and an insurance broker, you know, these people that are there to help, you know, it, it, it's, uh, it's extremely important. And I'm sorry, I know I ran off here, but the, uh, the point I was trying to make about this is we've done sort of things to our policy to make sure we modify them for those major areas that coverage wouldn't exist if we hadn't done that. And the big one I touched on was that pollution exclusion. You know, most of the claims that we are getting have to do with the you know damage to the uh, damage to the plaster you know you think about it you you run the ph wrong you add too much uh, um, the, you know, acidity to it it it, uh, it etches the plaster you know that would actually technically fall within a pollution exclusion uh, you know to the uh, to the chemicals you're using so normal policy not going to cover that you know we have removed that exclusion so you know those situations where your your sanitizer everything you're adding in there your air gets out of out of you know uh, you know out of boundaries you know, this stuff is all covered under our policy. Worst case scenario, you know, you think about situations that we've had where, where that, uh, the, the chemicals actually cause a bodily injury. You know, somebody gets burned, you know, trichlor, uh, uh, broadcasting trichlor, and it got on the deck. You know, we've had burns because of that. You know, this stuff would all be excluded under a normal policy, uh, you know, which uh, ours, again, we've carved back. Carbon monoxide, that one's come up, you know, where we had a heater installed. Guy didn't have the parts with him, so he, he went out. He actually did, I thought, a miraculous job of going out, warning the property manager, "Hey, this needs to remain shut off." He taped it off. You know, um, long story short, another property manager came in there, flipped the thing back on, and I guess it was vented in a pro. It wasn't vented yet, but uh, it went up into the apartment upstairs, and of course, the woman, uh, um, she got carbon monoxide poisoning, and uh, wow. so this turned into a lawsuit. And this actually got really interesting because it was. Uh, um, our guy was working for somebody else, and it just happened to be that the other guy's insurance, guess what? He had bought a normal policy that was basically not geared for what he was doing. Long story short, no coverage. You know, his, his, uh, his company didn't defend him. 
didn't indemnify him. And of course, uh, you know, our policy, at least our guy was thrilled because he was, uh, he was fine. He was able to provide the details and step back and the insurance company took it from there. So it's, it's really important. I mean, now limits and Steve stopped me if I turn this into a sales pitch, but I mean, it's, uh, you know, we've gone through lengths to make sure that we, you know, we've kind of addressed, you know, worst case scenario, I think for our guys, you know, that used to be, uh, I don't know, five years ago, we had 1 million in the occurrence, which would be 1 million per any sort of accident that would have happened. And then in the aggregate, we had 2 million. So you could have as many of these incidents to get up to that 2 million mark. And each, you know, each of our limits were per member for us. So each member had their own separate limits. Um, we raised that a little bit ago to 2 million, 4 million. And really it's uh, kind of just with inflation. I mean, you think about it, you know, you know, it used to be a very rare thing that you end up with a million dollar claim. Now that's not so rare. It happens. Yeah, I, I can cut in on that. Our policy dates back to 1969, and at the time, it was set up for one million, three million in 1969. Now I remember <clears throat> 1969. I had a job, and I think I was making a dollar fifty an hour. I mean, there were, <laughs> the dollars are so much different. So we got into 2010. It's still a million. We're scratching our heads, going, "Is this really going to cover us?" And uh, we, uh, you know, as a board, we decided, no, let's pump this thing up to two million bucks. Now they charge us an extra sixteen dollars a month for that extra million, but it was worth it. <laughs> now yeah. we sit here at sixty-seven dollars. Now here's a little thing I like to do is, um, is take the sixty-seven dollars, subtract that sixteen dollars. That if we're, so, if we're to be back at a million dollars, we would be paying fifty-one dollars a month. That's I, when I came into UPA thirty years ago. We were paying fifty-two dollars a month. So oh, if you're wow. to dance those numbers around, our our uh, premiums just don't go up. I mean, they're just. I mean, we keep our 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 losses down. We we protect our program, and we are sincerely rewarded for it with sixty seven dollars a month. That's an incredible number. So yeah, um, and that and a lot of that's too is thanks to Sean's negotiation because Sean is the one that goes to the insurance company and negotiates on our behalf because our relationship with Sean is is one that. Uh, Sean is, uh, Sean worked for us and Sean will come right up and tell you, you're my client. I work for you. And everything I do is on your behalf, which is, which is outstanding. I don't know that everyone can say that. And, uh, on top of that, Sean is, is just as transparent as possible. So when he goes into these negotiations, I feel great because every time he comes out, we got a better deal than I ever thought we'd get. So I want to thank Sean for that. (laughs) Well, I think it's a lot easier. No, I think it's also uh, one of the things is you, the relationship that we have with you is you'll tell us, hey, this is where we're heading. Do we want to go that direction? Do we want to spend the money? Do we, you know, do we want to do this type of policy change? And you like lay down the groundwork for us in uh, UPA. So, you know, there's associations out there that they just don't know what they're getting. And you always make that very clear. And I know Steve's told me that because I haven't been around UPA as long, but um, that's something that is invaluable as far as having a broker that's that transparent with their association. So just want people to listening to hear that. You, you know, I appreciate it. I, I'll tell you though, this, I mean, you know, this should not be a, um, I mean, a, a kudos moment. I mean, the, the reality is, is, you know, the UPA is an organization, you know, you guys have to make decisions on what to do where in insurance is just a reality, you know, where, you know, I mean, think about this, if you guys had no idea of what was happening and, you know, we made some decision that, you know, Hey, we're, you know, unilaterally, we're going to remove this, ex- we're going to add this exclusion. What, 
there could be contractual issues down the line with a lot of your commercial, you know, pools. Think about your members that, you know, that have no idea who the insurance company is. And all of a sudden some change were to happen, you know, they lose uh, a bunch of their commercial contracts. You know, I mean, there's, there's huge business implications by not involving, you know, in my opinion, the uh, organization that actually should, you know, that's driving the bus. You know, you guys driving the I agree with you, Sean. Um, and that's that's one of the great relationships that we have with our insurance broker at UPA is everything that's done. I mean, it's done out in the open. Not, Sean doesn't do anything behind the back of anyone. Sean doesn't conspire with the board or say, let's just do this and those guys will figure it out. Everything is on the table. And Sean understands. Uh, Sean now, I mean, he's been with us three years, a little over three years, and he understands our business now. And uh, he sees to it that uh, he keeps us covered, which is uh, an amazing thing. And he sees to it that there's no no uh, out of left field shots coming our way. So, uh, and as a as our representative, he really does a heck of a job. He does not come down and say, "Hey, guess what? You guys are screwed." He uh, <laughs> he lets us know before it's coming. He it, where it's all going. So. Um, it, it, the relationship works out fantastically. I, I couldn't be happier with it and the way, and the way we run our broker, you know, and all you guys that don't know the difference between a broker and a, an insurance company, uh, the uh, underwriter Allianz is the one that sells insurance. And Sean is the middleman. Sean is a salesman of that insurance. And Sean also services the account. So, um, uh, so Western Growers is the broker. Allianz is the insurance company, and 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 it would pay guys out there to know this stuff. Your everything you own is on the line every time you get in that truck, or every time you kick over that gate and it's going to someone's yard or going to a commercial pool. It's on the line. You can th- pull a pole back real quick and take a kid's eye out. You could lose your house over that stuff. And here's a great example. If if you want to hear a chilling example, um, we have a a guy that. Uh, had an employee out there that he wasn't paying workers comp on and he didn't have an insurance policy on. And the, and the, our member sent him out there to do a poll. Anyway, he poured a bunch of trichlor granules in the pump pot. He, he dumped a basket. He pours trichlor granules in the pump pot for God knows what reason, puts the lid on and the thing's not priming. So he opens it up and pours a gallon of liquid chlorine in there to, to as a primer for the pump. As he's putting the lid on, the thing blows up, hits him in the eye and, I don't know. I forget how much eyesight he lost there, but the guy was like 22, lost a significant piece of eyesight out of one eye. He's suing our member. Our member's got nowhere to hide. He's got nothing to protect him. Um, and the last I heard, he his house might have to go to pay this kid off. So uh, yeah. this stuff's expe- wow. important. And you guys have employees. Insure the employees. If you have employees, get workers' comp on them. I mean, this guy, if the guy would be paying a worker's comp bill, which, you know, hey, no one likes paying insurance bills. Those are the hardest ones to pay because you really don't see anything coming back. I mean, at least with a tank of gas, you see what you get. But with insurance, it's hard to quantify that stuff. But um, I think uh, I think it's so worth doing and so worth paying attention to and, and tuning into and not uh, just saying, eh, all insurance is alike because it is certainly not, not on the uh, business commercial end. It's, it's again, it's geared to pool service technicians. I mean, that's that's the, the point. Steve, I think you hit on a, a, a huge point. I think worth mentioning. You know, and I, and Joe, thankfully you're in Arizona, so you don't have uh, you don't have quite the uh, same implications that we do here. But this whole, uh, you know, it, uh, this industry is you know filled with uh, uh, quote unquote independent contractors. You know, so we've got uh, we've got our guys who uh, who are you know 
are not hiring people because they, you know, it's, it's more cost effective to run independent contractors. And, you know, it's, uh, we talked about this, I think a little bit, two meetings ago, uh, you know, we had a, a, you know, a case that had, had, uh, gone through, uh, California, um, court system in 2018 that had, uh, kind of changed a little bit how, how we sort of, uh, um, uh, uh recognize independent contractors and employees and, and the, uh, the trick was really, uh, the, you know, the, it kind of changed sort of the, uh, um, uh, what's the word, the burden, I guess, to, uh, to uh, um, the employer. You know, the employer having to show that basically this is truly an independent contractor relationship. And, you know, the, the, the case, not to get too much into the details, but the, it was really hinged around uh, what's kind of wage and hour uh, law here. So having to do with breaks, overtime, that type of stuff. You know, um, so it wasn't really geared around the workers' compensation piece. But that being said, it, it – uh, you know, the ramifications of it, you know, could be very far reaching, meaning that, you know, even trying to prove this independent contractor relationship for the IRS or having to prove it for the workers' compensation law, you know, is going to really turn into a huge, potentially uphill struggle. And really the translation, what it's going to be is that, uh, you know, you had these, you had these, uh, this test that was, uh, you know, previously at about 11 points based on a case that had happened a while ago, the Borello case. And, uh, a lot of it just had to do with, you know, recontrolling the work, and then there was a bunch of subset factors there. And uh, what this did is really flipped it around and said, look, there's really three points here, you know. And, it, yes, it had to do with uh, um, the worker being in, you know, control of their work, is, you know, by, by, by uh, practicality as well as by contract. Um, you also had to, um, you know, they also had to make sure they're performing tasks that were really outside of the scope of what, you know, what uh, uh, your business is. Now, this is a trick for all of us is that, you, you, you know, it kind of kind of flips it around. You know, now you're you're in the you're in the business of servicing pools, and you're hiring an independent contractor who is in the business of servicing pools. So right there, you are you are you're kind of in a position where it's you know you're not going to be able to prove that. Yeah, I mean you're not going to be able to establish this independent contractor piece. And uh, you know, so it I don't know a year, two years. I mean, you know, the good news is most of our guys aren't employing a thousand guys. So you know, from a target perspective. It's probably low on the target for a plaintiff's you know, attorney to come out after. You know, you, don't, you know, there's not a lot of money there. But that being said, the, you know, you imagine the situation like Steve mentioned, where you've got an independent contract out there who uh, severely injures himself. So he he falls. Maybe he's doing an acid wash, drains the pool, trips over the bucket, falls down to the bottom of the pool, and he's a quadriplegic. You know, what happens there? I'll tell you exactly what happens there. He's going to basically realized, crap, I was 22. I didn't buy health insurance. I don't need it. Maybe he falls under his parents, you know, but maybe not, you know, hypothetically say he doesn't, you know, he goes, he can't pay for his medical bills. His parents are, you know, being, you know, basically, uh, you know, bankrupt so that, you know, they, they get an attorney and guess what? Wait, what were you doing? You were servicing pools for who? Wait, wait a minute here. So, oh, yes. Now you're going to have a link and guess what? The workers' compensation laws in California you don't have that policy, but you still are legally responsible for the medical care as well as indemnifying him for his lost wages. And that—that's, I mean, game over. I mean, you're—I mean, that's you're done. And you know, and, and I mean, hopefully you've created a business. You know, you're 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 protected. You're siloed. You got an LLC, and you're going to be able to get away from that. But I, you know, a couple million dollar claim. There's going to be some smart attorneys that are going to be able to pierce that and figure out how exactly to get your house and whatever the heck else you have. Hey, and, and even if you even if you get by that, you're paying attorneys through the nose to get by that. So, mm. yeah, get, go out there and get that second mortgage oh. on your house. 
you yeah, won't be paying that thing off anytime soon. And I don't want to turn this into a, you know, a, you know, the, you know, scare everybody out there. But I mean, I, I just think it's worth knowing, you know, I mean, it's, that's a very, it's a very real thing that's happening in our industry. I and mean, this independent contractor thing is not going away anytime soon. I mean, it's, uh, you know, people are going to use independent. I mean, look, you know, I don't know what the average pool down here, you know, people charge a hundred bucks a pool, whatever it might be. We've got, of course, some anomalies. They charge 150 bucks, but you know, that, those are the rare ones. And, you know, so you're competing, you know, and somebody to do it correctly and buy workers' compensation for all of these so-called independent contractors, they price themselves in a different pricing bucket. So it's tough. You know, there's a, there's a business decision that has to be made. But, you know, in the end, I think it goes back to that earlier thing we talked about, about insurance. You know, it all kind of comes down to risk. How much do you want to take? How much do you want to transfer off? You know, and, and this to me is a, that's just a catastrophe waiting to happen. And, you know, it, if maybe it's not you buy the workers' compensation, make them an employee, but maybe you make sure that these guys have workers' compensation insurance. You know, make sure they've got something. Just try to button it up. And the other thing to think about, too, for those of you guys out there with commercial pools, you know, it's not unusual for them to require workers' compensation. So, you know, you, you know some of these guys buy workers' compensation just to have it. You know, it could be an owner's policy or something just to cover themselves so they can get by contractually to get into that pool, um, you know, now, I bring this up just because, you know, what can happen, too, is those workers' compensation policies are audited, you know. So what happens is that insurance company comes back just to make sure you didn't have any changes. You didn't hire a guy. You didn't, you know, because they want to make sure they collect the premium for what that exposure is out there. Now, I would venture a guess that at some point this, this case that happened in 2018 is going to influence that decision-making on the workers' compensation company side. You know, in other words, they're going to come in there and say, and this is a standard question, do you have independent contractors? Yes, I do. What, did they show you proof of insurance? Uh, um, maybe. I don't know. You don't have it in the file? Guess what? That's a no. So what that means is they're going to charge you for that exposure that they face. So they're going to, they're going to make a payroll charge for that. And in our world, it's anywhere from $8 to $12 per hundred of payroll, which, you know, if you figure you had $100,000 in uh, $100,000 in payroll out there, that's anywhere from $8,000 to $12,000 that you didn't think you were going to have to pay. I mean, that's a big bill. I mean, that, that would that would really upset me. So, you know, <laughs> oh, so, yeah. So, I mean, it's just, just, just to think about it. Again, I don't mean this to turn this into a big, you know, gloom and doom scare everybody, but just keep in the back of your mind, you know, because it's, uh, you know, for those larger ones out, you're running 10 independent contractors, you know, it's, it, it's worth mentioning. And to Steve's earlier point, Insure those guys. If not for workers' comp, at least for the general liability, because you got one of those guys out there. They're not, you know, a Joe Blow homeowner. I don't know who Bob is in my backyard. I know who Joe is. Joe, Joe was the guy who uh, who came to me and sold my pool. And I, yeah, I know he's got different guys coming out here, but I just I write my check to Joe. So you know, mm-hmm. it, Joe is the guy. Joe's who I'm going to sue. <laughs> you, know, you know that that, uh, that 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 kid gets into my pool. I'm, I'm you know I'm going after Joe. You know, not Bob. And so you know, so it's just just sixty seven bucks a month. It's just painful that guys don't insure these guys. You know, and at a minimum, funnel those guys to us. You know, we'll, we'll insure them. You're on the same policy. You know, in the back of your mind that they've got a good policy too. So if Bob does screw up. At least he's got the right policy behind him, so he's not going to be able to get to you, Joe. <laughs> and, and it's yeah. funny how screw-ups happen. You never know when they're coming. That's oh. the that's the painful part. You think, well, you know, and, and I don't know. I've heard guys say this before. I've been doing this for 40 years. I've never had a claim. I don't need insurance. That's stupid. And I paid into this thing all this time, and, and I never got anything back. And it's, it's such 
I don't know. It's so stupid that they do that. But um, you've got to have that stuff. It's protecting. All you're doing is protecting your wealth. You know, you put a you pay for a lock on your front door to protect what you got in your house. You should buy insurance to protect the assets that you've uh, acquired in your life. And you know, today with 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 inflation and everything, that number gets pretty damn high pretty fast. So I uh, I marvel at guys that try and cut those corners. And I know a few. And I I I talk to them. And I say, yeah, I can't believe you're doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. Boy, those are the guys that a lot of time have regrets. So yeah, we yeah. can't push these guys hard enough to uh to use their heads. Hey, something I want to circle back to is um water claims. Um, I. We no discussion insurance is complete without talking about leaving the hose on. Oh my goodness! Um, I was going to have a flyer up here to show, but of course I forgot to grab it. I, I was um, looking for mine too. I, <laughs> I feel like I have well, a, our, uh, it's not a, a flyer; it's a door hanger. UPA made up a bunch of door hangers that uh, pretty much uh, they have the usual door hanger stuff where you check off everything you did at the pool and what you saw and how you liked it. We lost Sean. No, I, there he I, is. Okay. I, I thought I had it over there. I, I don't have it. Okay. Sorry about that. And, but we also threw on there to tell the homeowner, put the water in the pool. You are responsible for putting water in your pool. Like Jason Broswell says, you know, you got two jobs. Swim in your pool, keep water in your pool. Other than that, I'll take care of everything else. Us putting water in the pool, I mean, Sean had a, uh, a pie chart of the, of, on our last board meeting where 75% of the dollars we dished out uh, over whatever period, and it just seems to run between 75 and 85% of the dollars we pay out are in water claims, leaving the water on. Oh, there it is. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Nice. <laughs> all, all that blue, by the way, is the water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, it's, it's an incredible number. Now, in UPA, we've, uh, Sean has done so many great negotiations on our behalf. One of the ones is that um, we have a dividend program. If we keep our claims down, Allianz will dividend back some of our, our premium that we paid them all year. And it can be in a significant amount. I mean, it can be in the hundreds of thousands of dollars if, if we do this. If we knocked out these water claims, there'd be so much money coming back to our members and we'd, we'd struggle to count it all. But that's why I'd love to see this 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 putting water in. Now, here's another thing I want to put on there. We on our on our door hanger, we put due to insurance reasons, we can't put water in your pool. Now, uh, the other the other group has grabbed this thing and, and they're running around saying uh, that UPA doesn't cover water claims, which is is which is nuts. Uh, we cover water claims all the way. Um, it's painful, but we do it because it's part of our policy and we have to have it in there and we are not taking it out. The reason we put that in there is yes, due to insurance reasons. And those are the, that's the words we chose. And the insurance reason is, is if we have water claims, our premiums go up. So due to insurance reasons, don't put water in to keep our premiums down, to keep our dividend coming back to our members down. Uh, I mean, dividend up uh, premiums down. So, um, we'll be distributing these things. We'll be at the Western show passing these things out. Our board meeting in April, we'll have a lot of these door hangers. If you guys get to the Western show, uh, do come by and get them. I've mailed them out to people, members and to try and get everyone to get water, put the water in the pool, have the customer do it. Don't do it anymore. Anyway, how about you, Joe? Do you let me touch up? (laughs) Yeah, I do it every week. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well, let me come out and beat your ass. 
No, actually, I was going to touch on that as far as uh, – no, I don't. Um, but the other thing that I do to try to compensate the, the other – try to flip the coin on the customer. So, for instance, if the pool needs water, and that's why you're turning on the water, you know, obviously, um, to fill the pool up, just shut the equipment off. You know, and leave and call them, leave the door hanger, text them, say, hey, your equipment's off because your pool is low. I'm not going to be the one that's adding water. Um, luckily, out here, we have a bunch of pools that have autofills on them, and the builders have been pretty good about that. But a lot of there is your occasional pools that don't have the autofills on them. So um, the point that I like to make is, let that customer go down the path of what's going to happen to the service of their pool. And then they'll start to realize how important it is that they put the water in themselves. Because, you know, if I shut off the pool and I let them know, Hey, your pool's off. I'm not going to be back there till next week. I've come by to do my service, but I can't service a pool because your pump can't run. It's going to run dry. And you know, that's on you. That's not on me, you know, because I can't do it. Um, due to legal reasons and, you know, my insurance and stuff like that. Um, so that's where it's just one of those things where I try to, I try to flip the coin, if you will, and try to put it back on the customer in that regard so that they know this is important. I'm not doing my service guy any justice by not putting water in my pool, you know? So that's just something to case in point. Yeah. So. Uh, that's a good way. I mean, any way you can sell your people on it. I mean, we don't uh, go back there and scoop up the dog shit. You know, we don't wash the car in the driveway and we don't put water in the pool. So it's <laughs> simple as that, right? So, oh, yeah. although I will bring up my uh, customers' uh, trash cans. No, oh, I, I do that's that. That's a good too. service. That's nice. we, yeah. Yeah. We provide that just for, uh, you know, the wife is like, oh, thanks, honey, for bringing up the trash can. I was like, I uh, know. And they realize, oh, the pool guy did it. That's cool. And then you add more value to your service. So, yeah, I, I do that uh, same thing too. Uh, but nice. hey, I wanted to touch on one more thing. Um, we we're talking about obviously the employees, uh, independent contractors, that sort of thing. Again, it goes back to, like you said, Sean, um, people are going to go after the, the owner of the company. That's who's got the target on their back. And it's our job, if we do have employees, or for the guys out there, ladies out there that have companies that have employees, um, make sure that you make your employees know, um, or hopefully, you know, if you have independent contractors, but hopefully your employees know that they are representing your business. You know, they're not just representing themselves. You know, sometimes the people, fortunately, that we can hire are not necessarily the people we maybe want to have. I mean, you kind of get what you get, although a lot of times you get people that are really good. And in those cases, they know that they're representing you, but you want the people that represent you. And the reason I say that is because they know that you do have the target on your back. And that's very important when you um, are dealing with claims or anything like that, because you want them to know that, hey, it's not just you going out there and cleaning a pool for me, you're representing my business. Um, this came very clear to me when I was in high school playing basketball and um, our coach said, Hey, when you're walking around campus, you're a basketball player on our team and you represent the school. Even if you're at another school, you know, playing basketball, 
other kids or other people look at you and go, oh, you're from that high school, you know? And I, I mean, I learned that at an early age and you kind of see it from um, looking outside in. So again, a person looks at the person that's working for your company and they go, oh yeah, that guy's working for Joe. They don't go, oh, that's Carlos. You know, they don't think that way. So um, I just want to bring that back. Sorry, I went on that <laughs> tangent. But, no, I think it's a great point. Yeah. I, I kind of, I, I think about too, I, there, there's also, the, if you are, you are hiring these guys, you know, I mean, usually they're, you know, I don't know, the, the 22, 25 year old uh, young, young guy, you know, you, you guys have been in the business for a while, you know, I mean, they're doing this for two reasons, you know, probably a paycheck, but also to learn a trade, you know, and it's a good trade. And, and, you know, so there's a sort of mentorship program. And I, I, I mean, I know it not to sound sappy, but you know, it's, uh, you know, there's a degree of trust there, you know, with, uh, you know, the employee and you, you, you hopefully, or, or independent contractor, or whatever it might be, you know, you, you, you don't want to do wrong by that person. I, I think back, I was in college and, uh, um, I, I needed a summer job and I got a, a, a job with this construction outfit. They were drilling caissons over in the Malibu Hills. And so my job was simply, I was the sledgehammer guy, you know, which, you know, Joe and Steve, you've seen me, I'm not the biggest guy, but the sledgehammer weighed as much as I did. But, you know, at the time I was, you know, in sports, so at least I could carry the darn thing. But all day it was just slugging that, uh, the, the coring bucket, you know, a sledgehammer just to knock out that dirt. And, uh, you know, you would drill these caisson holes, uh, you know, they, you know, 30 feet deep. And uh, sometimes that bucket would get, uh, get, get stuck and the pin would break free. And so you'd have to, you know, somebody would have to go down in that hole to basically, you know, reattach oh that, uh, that, uh, that pin. I remember, I remember being there and having my boss at a time going, all right, son, you got to get in, you, you know, you got to go hook that thing up. And I said, you know, damn you. I, I mean, I wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed, but I knew enough that I was getting paid seven bucks an hour to dick around with that stupid sledgehammer. I'm not climbing in that hole. So I told him, I said, you're going to get your fat ass down here and get in there because I'm not doing it. And so I, I, I held my ground, but this was a perfect example of, uh, you know, just a situation, no regard, you know, and, uh, you know, and I, I just, I mean, that, that whole employment relationship that lasted about two months, you know, went <laughs> south very quickly, but, you know, it, it's, uh, there's, uh, you know, that's the wrong way to do things. You know? <laughs> so, you know, no workers comp policy, nothing. If I had been dumb enough to get in that thing and God forbid, you know, that, you know, the, the, you know, a little bit of movement of dirt, I'd be buried under 25 feet of dirt, you know, and, uh, and, you know, no, no benefits or nothing to my family for, you know, at the time. So anyways, long story short, you know, it's, it's just, uh, it's, it's just educate. And I think Joe, you touched on it, you know, just let the guys, the guys know the relationship, you know, and if it's an independent contractor, have an independent contractor agreement. It's not going to stand up, but at least have it. So you're spelling it out for the guy knowing this is the intent, you know? Uh, but yeah, anyway, it's always best to do things correctly. I think, but yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a, I was a little concerned about the state of California passing that thing to tighten up independent contractor rules. I, uh, I don't know. On one hand, it's just like, stay the hell out of my business. Let me do what I got to do. But on the other hand, you know, maybe guys need to get a little more legit. And if we all we were maximum, had a maximum legitimacy out there, maybe we'd make more money. Maybe we could charge more money. Maybe we charge them what we should be charging. But since a lot of guys don't go legit, they keep their prices down. And I don't think they're doing anybody a favor doing that. So it might be a good idea for these guys. You know what? I'm going to get legit and I'm going to charge the prices I need to charge. And the cheap guy that, that has to run away and find the cheapest deal, maybe I don't need him on my route anymore. I kind of figured that one out years ago. It's, you know, um, the cheap guy or the, 
or the guy that anytime anything breaks, the first thing that comes into question is your integrity. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. although the the motor quit spinning, it's like, well, what did you do the motor? You know, I know you backwashed the filter the other day. I think you screwed up the motor. <laughs> it's like it's me. Yeah. <laughs> and it's this ancient <laughs> crap you got. You don't replace, and you're gonna put this on me. So I don't know. You know, I think it's a good point, Steve. And I tell you, like, from a homeowner's perspective, you know, I mean, a lot of the homeowners, I would hope, are, you know, thinking about who's climbing in their backyard. You know, I can tell you I had a, I have some big trees. Steve's seen them in my front yard, these god-awful ash trees that just cause destruction to everything, including your foundation. But I had to get them trimmed. And uh, the first uh, tree contractor who came by, you know, I, you know, I asked him, I said, hey, you, you know, you're climbing up there 40 feet high. Do you have workers' comp insurance? <laughs> Oh, yes, of course, you know, and of course that never showed up, you know, I, so I, I said, look, I, I'm sorry, I'm just not comfortable with this. And, you know, to Steve, your point, I felt a little more comfortable having a guy could show me a certificate of insurance or workers' comp climbing, you know, 40 feet up in my trees. Well, but, that's know, another point, Sean. I mean, people have people work on their house all the time. They don't even ask about workers' comp. And a lot of these guys that are, are laborers are getting wise to the, uh, the lawsuit uh, nature of our of our society, especially in California. I mean, it's, it's out of yeah, control here, no but you know, they know trip and fall, you know what? I'll make more than the 15 bucks an hour you're paying me. If I just fall down in your patio. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I just had a guy do a whole bunch of cleaning out of my yard and trim it back of trees. Cause I do kind of a minimal job and it just kind of got out of hand and workers comp. Oh no, I don't have that. And it's just like, so I ended up getting a guy with workers comp and it ended up costing me about 200 bucks more, but Thank goodness, because, yeah. uh, you know, I'm putting everything on my line. I put everything I own on the line and have this guy trim yeah. my trees. So, yeah, you got to watch that stuff. And not to not to, uh, not to get way off base here, but, Steve, also another another point, we've had some of these claims happen where it's been uh, the, the helper, you know, not the helper, but the independent contractor has been back there. And, of course, our guy getting, uh, getting pinched in the claim. And we've had a couple of situations where it was the ring doorbell that, you know, was very clear who was in the back of that pool and who was not back in that pool. And who was not back in that pool was the insurance, you know, the, the, uh, the insured. The, the insured. Exactly. <laughs> so. You know, that's another thing that I think guys are wise enough to, you know, when I first started, there were no, I mean, very few people had surveillance stuff on their house. Oh. Now it's so cheap and it's gimmicky and, People love that stuff. They can rack it all up on their house and then sit there at work and watch it on their phone. <laughs> yeah, you can't get away with anything in that backyard. People are everything you do in that yard. You gotta you gotta assume people are watching. You cannot you cannot uh, figure. Well, no one's looking. They're always yeah. looking. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and they're recording it. And if you do something stupid and damage their property, they're gonna sue you. So <laughs> sadly. Joe, you want to move to California? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Joe's I'm on my way. Back there. <laughs> no, just listening. A lot of good no. points. No. <laughs> so, hey, as long as we're going here, what other kind of good claims do we have? I We have one, I I mean, I, maybe the ones that make you laugh, make me cringe and laugh at the same time, are the one where the, the member is just incredibly stupid. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> And if, and if I mention your claim, it's nothing personal, but I know we had one guy drain a pool looking for a place to drain it. And the homeowner said, go ahead and drain it in the flower bed here. Oh God. <laughs> I mean, yes. Yes. and of course it flooded the house and we had a water claim. Now, come on, you guys, anyone who thinks you can drop 20,000 gallons of water in a flower bed in a six hour period. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Yeah. Don't do that stuff. Use your head when these guys 
offer up something like that, don't take it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, uh, it, it's so true. But I mean, Steve, you know, earlier, I mean, the, 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 the avoidable ones, you know, are generally these water damage ones. I mean, we, we had one. Actually, it hasn't really. It just came in, and it was the um, he was a backwash in the pump and, and or filter, and he uh, he had had it shooting out um, over the side of the. Uh, they had a little hill in the backyard, and uh, water shooting down, and basically there was a little bungalow down below, which I guess he wasn't aware of was down there. And apparently, the water line ran straight down there, and uh, it's a little you know 800 square foot, 500 square foot little studio, but of course the guy apparently is a uh, uh, a, a, a rug collector. <laughs> so oh. there, there he is with his uh, his uh, Persian rug that, of course, is apparently a eight thousand dollar Persian rug. So we're waiting to see exactly what happened here. But you know, it it, it uh, again was kind of not just not looking what you were doing. You know, the uh, the draining the pools. You know, and in the, in, in the pee trap. We end up with those a lot. You know, where it's uh, you know they 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 start they get the pump set up they drain the pool and then they just take off, you know? And so, you know, after they got it in there, they leave homeowners, of course, gone. And, uh, so the next thing, you know, it, it's, uh, it's clogged, it's back filling. Now it's going to, you know, going into the house. Um, you know, whereas if guys would just stay for 15 minutes or something, or even notify the homeowner, tell the homeowner how to shut off the pump. You know, I mean, if you're going to, if you have to leave, make sure somebody's there, let them know that what you're doing. Yeah. You know, but just try to sort of prevent this. You always got to say, I mean, think about the worst case scenario. And that's what we usually see. It's usually, uh, um, the, the homeowner's gone for four days and on vacation. We had this happen over in, uh, um, over in San Gabriel Valley where, where, uh, you know, they drained the pool on a Thursday No, left the water. I'm sorry. Left the water on a Thursday homeowner comes back on a Monday. And of course, just, it's just, everything's obliterated and wet. So, you know, that was a, I think a 70, $80,000 uh, water damage claim, which was just, just mind numbing. Cause it was like, God. And of course, Steve, to your point earlier, it's always, I've been doing this for 25 years. I've never done this. But, you know, you think about just all of us, and I don't care how smart you are, how good you think your memory is, how much ginkgo biloba you're taking, you're going you're, <laughs> you're, you're gonna, to you're, you're gonna forget something, you know. And if you're really busy, you get that phone call, you left the hose on, you forgot to put your keys on the, you know, on, you know, the hose bib, whatever, you know, you're, you're, you're going you're gonna to forget, you know. And sooner or later, it's a matter of time, you know. The don't the keys it. in the hose bib, everyone says, oh, I, I have it solved. I put the keys in the hose bib. That has failed so many times. That is not a fail-safe way to put water in a pool. I've talked to guys that I put keys in the hose bib. I got up to my truck. I needed something out of it. Didn't have my keys. Went back, pulled it off the hose bib, opened up my truck, got the tool I needed, locked my truck, keys in my pocket, went back, take off the water still on. I've done this. Well, this kind of shows how stupid I am, but I've done this where – I put the keys in the hose bib. I finish up. I get up to my truck, and I feel for my keys. I'm going, man, I must have lost my keys. And and this is how dumb I am, really. So I go for that spare set that I got hidden on my truck. Well, I just use my spare set and take off. And then like an hour later, I'm going, wait a minute. I put those keys in that hose bib, <laughs> and I have to travel back. Now, now it's conceivably, it was conceivable for me that I would never think of it again until the homeowner called me and said, thanks for flooding my house. But um, it's not a fail-safe deal. The fail-safe deal is not putting it in at all. Let yeah. the homeowner do it. And if the homeowner doesn't want to do it, they need to put in an autofill. Um, yeah. I'm yeah. amazed at how many people, like we had a, a water claimer, the guy's putting water in the, in the pool out in uh, like Palm Springs, Palm Desert. I mean, that's the low desert. It gets hot there. It gets hot where Joe is, and it gets hot in Palm Desert too. And the guy turned on the water, 
and it's a vacation home. The guy's doing the pool, and uh, he turns on the water and leaves it for five days or whatever it was, and floods the house. And the homeowner comes and finds the same as that San Gabriel Valley claim. Um, but uh, how do you have a d- house in the desert and not have an autofill on your pool? Yeah. And and your pool, pool man so says you need to put that on. No, I don't think I need it. You know, okay, great. I'll be selling you a pump every month then because <laughs> exactly. I am not putting water in this thing. I, there's no way I can get enough water this thing in 120 degree weather <laughs> to yeah, last for a week. Absolutely, absolutely. Oh. Yeah, I know common practice was to leave the hose dripping. Um, I haven't seen this in probably half a decade or probably more, but clients would just leave the hose dripping in the summer. And that's about how fast it was. It's actually evaporating um, in our summer. It's so dry out here that the water is, I mean, just evaporates. So you can literally let the hose just drip into the pool and um, it stays pretty much level. So. so how much how much water do you guys lose in the summer, Joe? I'm with no evaporation. So I've heard um, early in my career, I heard that it was about uh, one and a half times the volume of your pool is how much water you're going to lose in a year in Phoenix. Wow! So you're that's how much you're filling it. Obviously, you don't see that, but uh, that's how much water is going into your pool in the course of a year is about one and a half times its volume. Um, so yeah, I mean, I have a, I have a client that he keeps his uh, pool full. Well, he tries to, and he claims that he has a leak and I, I've checked everything. His TDS is not going down is everything is solid in the pool. He just doesn't realize that because he's filling it maybe once a week and the water goes down an inch that, Oh, he must have a leak. And I tell him, no, that's evaporation, you know? Um, I always love the customers that think, oh, my pool just naturally stays full. Like I had this old lady years and years ago. She just <laughs> thought her pool just naturally stayed full like a lake would or something, you know. It's like, no, you have an autofiller. Oh, I didn't know that. You know, so, you know, you just got to have to educate your customers and let them know, like, this is their job. This is what, this is how it works. The water is not connected to the pool equipment. You know, that's always a funny one too. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's all this stuff is stuff that we as um, business owners and people that are in the field need to uh, litigate ourselves as far as letting it go to a claim. You know, that's the biggest point that we're trying to make today. You know, is this try to avoid anything that can happen because you don't want to just don't get lazy um, on your own business because that's yeah. when you'll just regret it so much later on. So. Yeah. And I think another good point too is that, you know, it, obviously the, you want to avoid the insurance, you know, uh, headaches, but, you know, you also uh, nine times out of 10, if not more, you know, you have a claim at somebody's house, they fire you, you know, you're, you, you know, you, you're not, you're losing a customer. So it also affects your business, you know? So I, I, I think. Yeah. You flooded minimum. my house. Oh, but you're a great guy. I'm going to keep you. Guy. Yeah. That, that never happens. Doesn't happen too often. No, <laughs> no, that's right. You, you generally lose the account when you flood someone's house or even do some of the, some smaller things. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So yeah, you definitely want to avoid it. And this is what Sean and I, Sean and I go to the trade shows and, uh, or the local ones in the West coast here anyway. And we always say the the whole tenant of UPA is, uh, you know, show up to meetings or, you know, further your education and don't make a bunch of stupid claims. 
I mean, claims are fine. Stupid claims are not. Stupid um, claims are not. <laughs> I mean, we, and you know, my thing has always been while I was president, I'd tell guys that, look, I can't throw you out of UPA. I can tell your chapter president to do something about you and the board can throw vote to throw the whole chapter out if you guys are, are harming our insurance program. But we had one guy, he, he had three acid wash claims. I was thinking about a year and a half. I talked to the guy, well, what's going on with these acid wash claims? So he goes, well, you know, I drained it and I wasn't done yet. So I put a bunch of wet towels on and I had the homeowner keeping the towels wet on the steps. And it's like, what are you doing? Drain that thing, acid wash it, get water back in there. Why is this thing empty for days on end? So finally I talked to his president. Before I could talk to his president, I, uh, the claims come through and the president of his chapter had an acid wash claim. <laughs> I'm going, so I talked to the guy and go, Hey man, you guys are out of control here. You got to get this one dude under control. And I, I don't know if there's any more acid wash claims coming out of you here in the near future, we're going to be talking about you and your chapter and the board, and it's not going to go well for you. <laughs> but that said, we've never thrown anybody out doing that. Thank goodness. Cause yeah. most guys are pretty conscientious about what they do and about uh, making sure they don't screw up because they don't want to lose a client. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well put. <laughs> so I so I also mentioned this at our last uh, president's meeting, which was what a week or two ago. Um, to all the presidents and uh, chapters out there, just just try to remember that we actually are the um, underwriters for Sean and for Western Growers, so that when we're bringing somebody in under our chapter, you know. We need to kind of vet, you know, vet them, you know, ask guys, you know, does anybody know this guy or gal? Like, what's their history in the industry? You know, you don't want to have somebody come over from another association that's got just claim, you know, tons of claims against them. And, you know, we kind of want to make sure we're bringing somebody in that's professional. That's kind of the whole adage of, um, you know, what we're here for. So just you something know, to keep in mind that, uh, you know, we're not just everybody off the street come and join, you know, you want to make sure that these people are professionally qualified to be a part of your chapter and also to be a part of UPA. So, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, one thing we've started doing here in UPA is the virtual chapter. We've been putting guys onto it and we've been adding quite a few members into our virtual base here, but pretty much it's sort of compete with uh, the guys that go to this no meeting stuff. I don't think no meetings is necessarily a good thing unless you find a way to further your education. And that's, what's great about the meetings. But, uh, now with Jason Broswell's group, you know, they've got on that. What's the name of it, Joe? You can, you can recite that better than I can. Swimming pool industry workers and pool pros only. <laughs> yeah. That Facebook group, there's a, uh, chapter meeting going on constantly 24 hours a day. They're, they're talking about stuff. They're all they're across the United States. They're in Australia, New Zealand, Europe. One guy was posting plaster in a pool in Africa. I mean, they're all over the place, but they're talking about the problems they see and how they solve them. And they're asking questions and they're getting help. This is one of the things going to make our virtual chapter do so well is because we've got so many people that are working so hard out there to get information out. And I think it's going to work great. So we'll be unleashing our virtual chapter at the Western show. But until then, I mean, Join UPA, $67 a month. It auto pays out of your account. And the vetting process there is we're going to have a, we have an application you fill out and the board members, the, uh, the president, myself, the vice president, secretary, treasurer, we'll be going over these names. We'll be 
asking the questions and we'll be putting you in and we'll be watching this virtual chapter for somebody who's going to hurt the hurt the program and if they do hurt the program well they're going to get dropped so uh at any rate we'll be talking about the virtual chapter more at the western show so i don't know do you have any more sean you got any, Gosh, well, any got, good closing I, words for us? I know closing <laughs> words. Yeah, no, no claims. That, you know, oh. No, no, we're 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 very. I mean, I, I think not to belabor this, but I mean, we're all on the same ship here, you know. So yeah, you got unfortunately bad actors on that ship. We all kind of sink together. So it's uh, you know, just you know, we just want to keep the tide going up. <laughs> yeah, you're right. We're we're doing we're doing great on our claims here. This oh, contract period, phenomenally, so phenomenally. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, it's been a, I mean, that last meeting was excellent. You know, we had a, you know, we have these quarterly meetings every three months and, you know, same claim count, you know, from the last meeting, which I, I think was great. Nothing new. So uh, that's always a good thing. So I, I think everybody exactly and find some wood and knock on it. So, <laughs> so. Cool. well, Hey, you know what? I got to get to work, man. It's been raining. Here. <laughs> My clothes are a mess. So anyway, Sean, I want to thank you for coming on here. This is great. And we're going to have you on more often because you're our, definitely our insurance expert and insurance yeah. questions come up all the time. And by the way, any member of UPA got an insurance question, call Sean. The guy's right on it. You know, he'll, if you can't take it, he'll return your call promptly and he'll really help you out. If you need him at chapter meetings, call him for that too. Cause he's, he's always down to go to chapter meetings and talk to you guys. So yeah. Thank you, thank Sean. You Thanks for, for taking time. Me. Yeah. Joe, thank you so yeah. much. Great seeing you again. Yeah. 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 You too, buddy. Yeah. Good thank deal. you, Sean. All right. We'll talk soon. Thanks guys. We'll see you uh, next week. Thanks for All right. listening and, uh, and, and hopefully we'll have Apple podcasts up within the next week. All right. Thanks everybody. Thank you. Bye guys. And.